You are listening to episode 26 of the On the Wrong Lead podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at wrong underscore lead, youtube.com slash on the wrong lead, and visit our website at on the wrong Help support On the Wrong Lead by signing up for AimWager and earn 10% back, up to $500 on all exotic and win bets made in your first 30 days. Use our link in the podcast notes. You can also support us by buying a t shirt or other merch at on the wrong Hey guys, it's Josh here from On the Wrong Lead. Uh, I want to thank our guest today, Murphy, uh, aka Greg, uh, for helping me out and uh, recording all of uh, Friday's races uh, today. So we're going to do a, a breakdown kind of of uh, what we see in uh, Friday's BC races. Um, coming up this week, uh, we'll have another podcast with a multitude of guests. I'll probably get that out Wednesday night for you. Um, also on Wednesday, be sure to get your contest entries in um i went ahead and i shared that link on twitter or that picture on twitter so if you guys uh, can fill those out and send them to me uh once again we'll send the uh the winner a uh, t-shirt from our on the wrong lead merch um also uh thursday and friday we will have our live streams uh at uh, the usual time 7 30 central 8 30 eastern um so hope you guys enjoy today's show thanks so I guess Murphy, we should give people a heads up that uh, um, we recorded the last race separate from the rest of these races. Um, so it might sound a little different. Uh, I, after we had done, got done recording, uh, I was just talking to to Greg, and I was like, "Yeah, so I couldn't get anybody else to kind of jump on and talk about these uh, juvenile races." And he's like, "Oh, he's like, I got some time tonight. Why don't we just go through them?" And I was like, "Oh." Well, let's start from the beginning. So we're doing these a little out of order. Uh, you'll be listening to them in the correct order. But, uh, yeah, you'll probably hear a, a weird intro for the last race. But, uh, but yeah, thanks, Greg. Thanks for, uh, for bailing me out here so I didn't have to talk through these by myself. No problem. Thanks for, I say on the other races, thanks for having me. But <laughs> thanks for having me. So you have uh, past Greg also says thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, so we're just going to go through the the BC races on Friday here. Um, we got the uh, the Juvenile Turf Sprint. Um, they, uh, I think they just, this is the first year that they're grading it, right, as a grade two. I think last year it was just like a, um, I think it was a non-graded race. But, yeah, they graded this to grade two. Um, and uh, got a full field here. Uh, looks like we got a full field of 14. We got a couple also eligibles here. Um, and uh, looks like the favorite Golden Pal is uh, drawn out to post 14. Um, now, uh, I think you know we were talking a little bit offline. Uh, that, that kind of affects your uh, your opinion of Golden Pal in this race, doesn't it? It does. And so I'll be honest, um, I've heard a lot of things about Golden Pal from other members of the Discord, and I'm not super familiar with Golden Pal. Um, and so I was kind of like, I don't know who this Golden Pal is, but I'll probably look for another horse anyway. And then as I was watching the I kind of saw post 14. I even asked some of the people who liked Golden Pal is your money still going through Golden Pal? And they all said yes. And I honestly just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, especially on um, on Brisnet, uh, which, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, 
I use the Brisnut speed figures as kind of like I I I widen the range quite a bit on them. Um, so it's just, I kind of just want to see the the numbers in the realm. Um, but you know, I mean, Golden Pal does isn't even like I don't know the I think it's like maybe the third or fourth fastest horse in this race. Um, now I, I will say that the the one thing Golden Pal does have going for. Uh, going for him is uh you know he went over overseas to ascot in the norfolk and, and ran a a very game second uh i thought uh, i thought he was going to hold on there but uh you know just lost to the learjet um so class wise you know that's a huge uh, feather feather in his cap there but uh yeah i mean i'm actually i mean i have golden pal written down as an a um i thought i was going to just dead single golden pal in this race uh before it drew um but after drawing after looking at the race a little bit more i've uh i've kind of backed off that a little bit and and there's two other horses here that i guess i'm a little bit more interested in inside um in the 10 bodeheimer and um the seven momos here um i know they're, they're both uh american horses um bodenheimer's got um a little less known connections with uh, um, uh, Valerie Lund as the trainer here. Um, you got Brian Hernandez aboard, who's fine. You know, he's your typical like 10, 11% jock uh, in Kentucky. Um, doesn't really like move the needle for me either way, but I, I don't think that he's bad enough that he, um, you know, causes his horse to, to be a, a toss. But, um, you know, has got some uh, some decent form. Um, you know, struggled a little bit at um, at Kentucky Downs, but came right back at uh, Keeneland and won another uh, juvenile sprint here. Um, so he's got a win over the surface at the distance. Uh, so I kind of moved this horse up a little bit. Uh, has shown speed. So um, and I, you know, we we talked a little bit offline uh, betting speed and turf sprints. Uh, I always feel like for some reason uh, people I I think that it's like one of the places you still sometimes find value. Um, with speed and turf sprints, I, I we were talking earlier about this uh, Ravelli horse, well abled, who at Churchill was like the speed and like went off at some like create like six to one, and the horse should have been much shorter. Um, so I think sometimes in in these turf sprints you can find a little bit of overlay in speed. Um, and then uh, just inside of this horse uh, in, the, in the seven hole, uh, Momos um, might be the fastest horse early in this race. Um, at, at least from what I see on Brisnet, um, and you seem to think that it, it, it kind of matched up on time form as well. Um, so, um, you know, Christophe Clement's got the blinkers back on, and the horse just worked a bullet. Uh, so, kind of makes me think that I mean, the, they're going to have to send. They're they're they got no other. Uh, they have no other plans but just to go. Um, you got Manny Franco aboard, um, who I don't like as much on the turf, but I mean. I mean, I, I think if like you had like a Luis Saez or even like a, I don't know. Uh, I mean, pretty much anybody. Uh, I'm I'm not a huge Manny Franco fan, but maybe I would be a little bit more interested in uh, in the seven. But I, I have the seven marked down as a B. Um, I have speed question mark, which I think that just pretty much noting to me that I think that he's probably going to be the speed, uh, the the lone speed or not lone speed, but the the pacemaker in this race. But those are kind of the three I'm leaning on heavily. Um, what uh, what are you seeing here, Greg? 
Yeah, so uh, the first thing, uh, the first thing I'll kind of talk about is like the kind of the track trends, and then I'll go with a couple of the horses that I liked. So as I kind of already started, I wasn't pretty fond of Cal because of the post draw. Going back to the past like three years, um, actually, I think I think it's the past five years, you pretty much want to be inside. There's a pretty obvious post advantage to being on the inside, and that's probably just because you really don't have a whole lot of room get to the first turn and so if you can't clear from the outside you're going to be stuck getting a white trip the whole time and so i think that's going to be kind of important i'll say a little later on and then as far as like the track trend for how these turf sprints go at keeneland um from the data i have in the past three years uh 21 percent wire to wire winners that's from 43 races and uh the winner is usually uh, no more than around three lengths out of it on any certain pace at any point of call. So with that being said, um, I obviously looked to some of the inside runners first to kind of see where they were. Uh, Nick Luck said he liked the one Mighty Gurkha. I initially tossed, but I'm going to have to go back and look at some of these replays. The horse hasn't won on turf yet, which is usually kind of like a toss for me. They've already had a couple chances, but Time from US, they do talk about um, like there's they, they will have comments on some of their races if it's from one of the bigger tracks. So one of them uh, from the August 2nd race, it said that the horse blew the start uh, from the last race. That's a field of 27 and the horse finished in 10th. And so that's just way too many horses to try to make a big impact. So. I'm going to probably go back and try to find some replays to see how does the horse, where does the horse typically like to be at? I get the impression from reading some of these comments that the horse likes to be up front. And so maybe that's going to be, if the horse does, that might be like a consideration for me. Uh, the next horse I looked at was the number three, which is another European shipper, even though there's not a country designation by the name because they were bred in Kentucky. Again, I'm going to have to go back and look to see kind of where does this horse like to be at. The horse has only won twice. And the one the the first win the horse had, there's only a field of four. And so it's kind of like, okay. And then the next one, there's a field of six. So again, probably not the most tested horse in regards to class probably or even field like this is definitely be the biggest field the horse has been in um the next horse was again the number seven momos and on the time form pace projector it actually has momos being in front it has your 10 bodenheimer being in second and then there's kind of a line of three with the four county final the five cowan and the 14 golden pal and that's where I think Golden Pal is going to have some trouble because I think Momos is going to be in front. And the other thing too is Golden Pal also, the form just might be a little inconsistent because it cannot pull the running lines from the Ascot race. So I didn't watch the race. I don't know where golden pal was in that race if they were like on the lead the whole time or what the pace fractions were and so maybe the maybe golden pal is in front maybe the horse is faster than momos but he'll still have to clear i think at the minimum 
Momos and Bodenheimer to get the rail. And I just don't know. I, I mean, I just don't know if that's going to happen. I think the post draw was just too poor. At eight to five, I'm not willing to really put any money on the horse. Um, I do think Momos will be able to clear off, though. And as far as time form, um, like speed figures go, I think I think the horse is fast enough to do that. I also had the eight Yamanzi Yimplo, um, kind of as another contender. Time form does not have the horse as being. I mean, they have the horse middle of the pack, but it's missing pace figures from the last race at Santa Anita because. Those five and a half furlong races at San Anita are ran inconsistently. Like there's different run-ups and it it's really more of like about five and a half furlongs, those turf races at San Anita. And actually the chief speed figure guy at Timeform says, I'm done making pace figures for these races because they're just inconsistent. The gate mm-hmm. is placed at different places, the run-ups are at different places, the time where they start timing their timing the race. It's just too inconsistent, and it seems like it's a different race every single time they run the five and a half furlong sprints at Santa Anita. So, I also think that it that the the um, the pace figs for the horse are probably not as consistent as time form says it is. So I kind of have Momos, Manzi, and Yimplo. Um, I also did like Bodenheimer. Again, the question though is: Is the horse going to be able to be fast enough? And also. Um, even though the horse won at Keen, has won at Keeneland before, it was a field of six. The races that the horse has been before, Canterbury, Prairie Meadows, um, kind of, you know, came in fifth in the Kentucky Downs race. And you and I were already kind of talking before that. It's kind of hard to gauge some of these Kentucky Downs finishes because it's a different configuration and there's uphill, there's a downhill. It's not a straight uh, front stretch. So I don't know. I'm kind of leaning back and forth. The last, the, I mean, the figures from that Keenan win, it came back good enough. And so um, I think I'll probably include the horse regardless. And then the last horse that I did have that I didn't talk about was the number 12, Dirty Dangle. Um, undefeated. Goes into Marcassi Barn. I, the... On time form, ran a 95, which I believe is one of the faster and is one of the faster U.S. figures in the field. But again, the draw is just so bad. Um, I don't know. Like, if you're choosing Dirty Dangle, it's kind of like, well, you have another horse to the outside and Golden Pal who is quicker and can probably get to the front. I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where, uh, odds wise, you're getting, you should be getting the right odds, but. I mean, I don't know. You go a couple of horses to the outside and get Golden Pal, who's probably the better horse. Um, so that's kind of where I've landed. I on uh, our when I talked about the last race on this card, I kind of talked about if I were to play to pick five, I would be singling some horses in the sequence. This is definitely a race where I would be spreading. I mean, I probably wouldn't have any issue even pressing the all button or you know at least having a lot of horses as a's and b's and then a couple as c's because there is a couple horses that i don't even know why the odds they are like number nine after five he's 
he's still a maiden and he's six to one i think that's good enough to be the second choice like i, I don't i don't get that so um yeah that's kind of my thoughts on it yeah i mean I, this is a tough race um uh, I'm gonna have to go back and and kind of look a little closer at some of these uh, these Europeans coming in, but I know um, I know for sure uh, the Americans have have ha- held the edge the past couple of years in this race. Um, you know, I I thought if Golden Pal drew a little bit better, um, I wouldn't have had much of a problem. Um, I we I know we talked a little bit earlier uh, about Dirty Dangle. That that was a horse that I have a question mark next to. I don't know what i want to do with this horse i kind of feel like if this horse really is going to go off at odds close to 20 to 1 like this might be a horse to take a shot on um but i mean i i don't know i i kind of i feel a lot better about the other uh the other two horses i had there in the um the 10 and the 7 um as well as using uh using golden pal um Maybe, uh, maybe Dirty Dangle makes it in as a B or C type here for me. Yeah, I mean, as I was kind of, I think for the price you're getting on Dirty Dangle, if they are twenty to one, I mean, I would just be fine betting one place show on the horse. I mean, I'm a pretty big fan of the sire. Not this time. He's had some really good runners this year. Um, again, like the the time form for the last race was a ninety-five. I that's one of the better ones in the field. Um, so again, post isn't great, but I think you're getting what I think you're getting more than fair odds at at twenty to one if that's what the horse goes off at. All right, let's uh, let's keep moving on. Why don't we go ahead to the uh, the juvenile turf? Um, this is probably the toughest race on the card for me. Um, uh, I mean, we probably start with the two hardest races on the card, and uh, <laughs> the the ju the Juvie Sprint and the uh, the Turf. Um, there's a lot of European horses in here, and you know, I I haven't had the time to to do the homework. Uh, this this is uh this is going to be the week that I'm really going to dive in. Um, but I I think the two the the two horses that I am going to lean. Um, heavily on from the Euro side are going to be the, uh, the one, the two horses, the, the two horses uh, here at the top that drew inside. Um, looking at, uh, you know, listening to that uh, Nick Luck podcast, I know he talked a little bit about uh, both these horses. Um, uh, Sealy Way, uh, I, I think is probably the class of the field here. Uh, it does have that, uh, that group one win last time out uh, at seven furlongs at Longchamp. Um, so, you know, I, I always, you know, these turf races, especially when you're getting these euros coming in, you know, you always want to look at, um, you always want to look at, uh, the, the class they're keeping and, and, and the form. Cause you know, we don't, we don't get, uh, speed figures from uh, across the way. Um, new mandate is also, uh, very interesting. Um, I, you know, I think Frankie Dettori might be, uh, you know, top two, three jockeys in the entire world. So um, the fact that he's keeping this mount has won two straight on this horse, and uh, the horse is on a three, uh, you know, three race win streak. I think this horse is getting shipped over uh, in perfect form. So uh, yeah, especially at a price like twelve to one. I mean, that uh, that's pretty. Uh, 
that's pretty interesting. Um, I, I, I'm guessing that that'll probably correct itself. Um, maybe I should, uh, uh, I'll probably take a look at, um, some of the offshore books, uh, or overseas books and see, uh, see what kind of odds they have on some of these, um, these horses. Um, and then I got a bunch of bees, um, going past and I'll kind of just talk through them quickly. Uh, Cadillac, another one of the, the Euro horses getting shipped over, um, same thing, you know, the, the horse seems to have had pretty good form, um, did, uh, didn't do great last time out. Um, it looks like just didn't, uh, didn't improve, uh, improve it, um, improve his spot much. Um, but, uh, is, a is that a Lope de, or is a Lope de Vega and, uh, you know, Lope de Vega's love, uh, love running that too. I mean, they, they tend to come out and they just come out firing. Um, the uh, the the five, the six and the seven uh, you know I, I uh, butchered this name before Must, uh, Mustasabek um, and Fire at Will um, they both are interesting I like Fire at Will because I think Fire at Will might be the speed uh, in this race uh, or is going to show some speed um, did have a bit of a slow pace last time out uh, but did lead uh, led throughout. And, uh, you know, you get Ricardo Santana aboard, and I know Ricardo hasn't necessarily been known as a great turf jock, but um, if you've been watching any Kentucky uh, Kentucky racing uh past couple weeks, uh, he seemed to have figured something out because he is on a tear on the turf. Um, so uh, I don't think that RSJ is a, is a toss on turf anymore. Um, so it makes it a little interesting. You got uh, uh, Mike Maker trained. Uh, you know, going a route distance, um, you know, oh, that always, uh, always interests me. Um, the six, uh, that I kind of skipped over, uh, you know, one pretty impressively in the bourbon, um, you know, was, was way out of it at the start and, uh, and closed in. I don't know if, um, sh- well, it's into mischief. So I think shortening up would probably be better for the horse. So, uh, the mile and 16th coming back to a mile, I think it'll probably be fine for this horse. Um, I think uh, the other horse I'm I'm not going to talk too much about is the Nine Battlegrounds. I know you said that you really like that horse, and then um, the last horse that I'm kind of intrigued by is this Eleven uh, Gretzky the Great. Um, I I don't know. You know, has done all of his races uh, in Woodbine. Um, did win a G1 in Woodbine. Uh, the speed figures look to match up pretty well with this, uh, look to match up pretty well with, um, the field and has got, uh, got the EP, uh, type, uh, run style. So the horse is going to be forwardly placed. Um, so I think that this might be okay for, uh, this might be okay, a okay spot for Gretzky the Great. Uh, I wonder if maybe being posted so far out, um, will neutralize his speed a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is this is one that was kind of interesting, especially at um, you know a little bit bit of a price here. Um, but this is definitely a race that I'm going to be looking at spreading here. Yeah, um, I did. I I know that we had said that I like battleground. Just really quick, let me talk about um, how these like track trends and biases are. So, uh, eight furlongs turf at Kingland the past three years. Uh, 23% wire winners from 57 races. Um, and usually 
you don't want to be any further than kind of like four or five links off of it at any sort of at any uh, pace call. Um, I do think King and Sheriff in general plays pretty fair. Um, it's a lot harder to manipulate the turf courses as well. In this, uh, oh, and then I'm sorry, uh, post position biases again, uh, as the turf sprint, you really want to be more um, on the inside. However, you know, horses, they can win from, from uh, any post. Um, historically, this race is for the Euro shippers. And as I was looking through um, Timeform US, I really am probably not going to use any of the US horses. The only one who I had a little bit of an interest in was Gretzky the Great, who you had already talked about. Um, the post draw isn't great, but again, I don't really know where there's going to be a lot of speed coming from. I know you said, uh, who was it? Uh, Fire at Will. I also think Out of Door could go. Um, so could be hung a little wide. Might, you know, could be okay. Timeform says he's actually one of the fastest horses from the U.S. numbers they have, with the eight being the quickest. But of course, you know, the eight is going from sprint to first time route um for time form us they do have figures in there because there is a time form which has there's the all european figures usually though those year those european figures are about 10 to 20 lower than the us figures but for all these horses they're all higher than all these us horses so I, i'm probably not going to use any of the of the u.s horses i'll if i do use one it's going to be gretzky the great and it's probably going to be a b or a c going back to how i would construct like a pick five again i'd probably just spread my net wide and probably hope for you know a price of the of the european shippers i know you hit a lot of them the one that i liked was the number nine battleground but it was more because of the breeding. I mean, Aiden O'Brien is fine, and so is Ryan Moore. The dam on this horse won over seven million. She won the arc, and she has won the Breeders' Cup. And this is the first foul. So to say that there's a lot of like high expectations for the horse is probably an understatement. I don't see why there'd be any reason why the horse can't win. Has obviously been getting um turf just fine compared to the other european shippers though if you were to compare numbers to numbers they are a little light um that one seal away that last win he earned a 107 a new mandate who you said that you liked earned a 99 and a 102 uh, the number five Cadillac, the last two races, earned a 100 and a 104. Um, Go Atletico, the number 12, he earned a 106 in the last race. The number 13, Devawala, earned a 105 the last race. So, and Battleground, he's earned 98. I mean, has he has increased his speed of scores every race. Um Got a 98 last time, a 91 the race before that, and then the first start was a 69. So 
I don't see why the horse couldn't step up again. If there was any trainer that you'd want to be having this horse, it would be Aiden O'Brien. Um, so yeah, I mean, my, I don't really have a super strong opinion on this race. Breeding wise though, I think this horse can make sense. I'm hoping for six to one. I'm hoping I'm not the only one. I'm hoping I'm one of the only ones that kind of, that kind of looks at breeding for turf. Cause I know some people really don't care. Um, and so I'm just going to hope that, you know, I can, I can get one of these Euro shippers home. If, and again, I don't know how, how I would like classify A and B. I would probably lean more towards using the inside horses as my A's and the outside horses at B's. Um, so that's probably how, how I would go with it. Yeah. And so you actually brought up a good point and, and something that I kind of overlooked. Um, and th there's two horses in here that, uh, that, are doing a bit of a stretch out now out of door um, is stretching out from uh, Kentucky downs. Um, so, you know, that there's a bit of an uphill on the, the, you know, the front stretch there, the, 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 the stretch run. So I always think that that six and a half for a long sprint probably plays closer to like a mile, almost the seven for a long mile type. So I think the stretch out for out of door won't be a big of a problem. Uh, but at least on Brisnet, the horse looks too slow. Um, I don't know what uh, what time form does looks like, and and I do. I am a big fan of time form turf figures, so I'll probably pencil them in onto my sheet. Um, the other horse we didn't talk about, and I, I kind of have a question mark here. I have distance with a question mark. Um, is the fourteen the Learjet? Now I know the post sucks. Uh, you know, posted out in the parking lot, but. As far as figures look and on time form, does, does this horse look like it's competitive in the rest of this field? Um, not really. I mean, of the European shippers, this horse actually has the lowest time forms. They got uh, the 93 on that last race in that grid one, a 95 the race before, a 91 in the, the July 19 race. And I mean, they... The horse has kind of hung around in that midnight, that 90s to mid 90 range for pretty much the last four starts. Um, and again, I, I'm not, I, I, I had never heard of Prince of Lear before. He's a son of Kodiak, who I'm pretty sure can go longer okay. But the horse, Prince of Lear, only won one race of, from four starts and only won 85,000. So it's not like yeah. we're, you know, that this is some great sire that you know was super good um so i don't know I, i'm as i was kind of look, like looking through all these numbers the learjet was the one that kind of stuck out as like wow this is like the one european shipper that doesn't look to be really competitive yeah beat golden pal yep beat golden pal at a at ascot um and so. the straight i think right yeah yeah, that 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 was the one, the one horse that kind of was like I was like, mm, you know, I don't I don't have figs in front of me uh, for time form yet, so I, I was kind of curious on that one, um, and you know gets uh Oisin Murphy aboard as well, so you know gets a gets a good uh, good jock aboard, so yeah, it, it was just uh, one that was out there, but yeah, I think I think I'm probably gonna lean most heavily on the one and the two in this race, um, and. I, I think I like the American horses maybe a little bit better than you. Um, and we'll probably spread bees in this race. 
mostly because uh, I feel like the next race, uh, race eight, um, I won't have to go very deep. I agree. Uh, so moving on to race eight, uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. Um, I think everybody was hoping that Princess Nora was going to draw like the one post to at least make this race a little bit interesting. And literally like the exact opposite happened. All of the, uh, all of the contenders drew inside and Princess Nora is going to be sitting in, uh, the garden seven post, I think in this race. Yeah. Um, I think it was this race last year that also had only had like seven horses. Um, I don't know. I, I think everyone kind of has their own opinion on Princess Noor. I mean, she's, it looks like she's done it, you know, easy every single race. Um, but, you know, there is that news that came out with Baffert. And so, you know, who knows? Maybe he's like on high alert and he won't be able to give his uh, usual cocktails that he gives. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that there's the the big knock against uh, Princess Noor is, uh, and I think it was on the Timeform US Pace cast I heard this, is that just like the horses won impressively, but the speed figures uh, haven't been as impressive. So, um, you know, maybe the horse isn't that fast. So I, uh, I was actually going to bring that up in that um, she actually has, I think, the lowest speed figures of the whole field, which I thought was, okay, no, there's one other horse that has lower, but her highest she got was uh, 99 in the Del Mar debutante. And to kind of compare to the rest of the field, like their highest, the number one simple ravishing got a 109 in the Alcibiades. Uh, Vequist or Vequist got a 108 in the Frisette. Day at the Office got 112 in the Frisette. Uh, Girl Daddy matched uh, Princess Noor with a 99 in the Pocahontas. And then Crazy Beautiful got a 102 in the Alcibiades. So definitely on speed figures does not match up. And it also isn't super encouraging that... In the chandelier, she only got a ninety-five, so actually lower than what she got. It's a it's a regression, right? She didn't step up from that ninety-nine; she actually regressed. Yeah, and I mean, the breeding-wise, um, well, not this time is a uh, is a fairly is a is this freshman sire this year. I yes, yep, yeah. So you know the. The winning distance is always, uh, you know, messed up with these younger sires because they're, uh, you know, they're they're running the four and a half and five furlong uh, two year old races and things like that. So, um, but you know, Giants Causeway, um, I mean, fine uh, distance wise. I don't think uh, I don't think this mile sixteenth is going to be a, a huge huge issue. But you know, like we're not. We're not really screaming. Um, well, we don't know yet. Would not, uh, not this time. But I don't know. I'm not like. I think maybe if this horse was um, better bred, which I don't know. Like I said, not this time. We're still kind of the jury's still kind of out on on what kind of lasting impression we'll have with that. But maybe if this horse is a little bit better bred, maybe I would uh, um, feel a little bit better. Um, 
because you know we see this all the time right with these two-year-olds who win these impressive five and a half seven furlong races um and then like beat inferior company going a mile or a mile and 16th and then they you know they they finally go up against other you know more quote-unquote classic distanced horses and they just kind of get their faces pounded in so curious if that's going to be the case here with princess nor um i i had princess nor marked as my lone a um i had single question mark written in there um but you know that's more i guess reading between the lines than you know just looking at speed figures and i think if you look just at speed figures um these other horses make a lot more sense i would agree and um i mean this i say that's this has been baffert's race uh you know he's he's won it twice since 2013 um i mean i i come kind of with you i'm more inclined to single a princess nor she looks like she is um tactical you know she wired that first race that maiden race which you know who knows who she was beating and then since then she's been able to stalk just from off of it and win and she's won convincingly um in, you know i think there's some there's other horses that this year you know that kind of face that same question of does their speed figure actually show their ability you know because if you're just you know hand ridden you know when you're already clear by three lengths and you're pulling away there's no need to whip the horse and get him to run faster you're already going to win there's no need to do that kind of thing so um there i mean the other two alternatives i think if you're looking at it are simply ravishing who you know when you're looking at the the uh, eight and a half furlong distance i say i say it um later on that speed actually does a lot better than i thought it did that when something like 23 percent of the time there's wider wire winners um the horse has won here before like okay and i mean the one post in my opinion that's not bad i mean it's not ideal but i don't think it's certainly the worst thing and then the other the other contender is the three who you know is kind of shipping in from new york uh i know that the trainer doesn't re- isn't really based out of new york um so i don't know who i don't know what's really going to happen with the three um how i will probably do it is i will have princess noor as my lone a and i will use the one and the three as c's if i can afford it i'll use them as b's um just but i think i'll be able to because i do have one more single which you know you'll you hear about later on and so even if i'm wrong in this race and the one of the three win hopefully i am able to structure my tickets right where i'm if i'm alive to one horse in the last leg i'm alive to the horse i would want to be alive to yeah that makes sense i think if like you know gun to my head um i would probably uh side with the three uh as kind of my second choice in this race um but i think you can kind of make a case for one two or three um as uh as kind of being your alternative to princess nor 
but I what's tough about this is like you kind of got to make um you know uh you kind of got to make your own uh, your own hurdles sometimes in these uh um these pick sequences because if you end up using too many B's or C's in this race I mean you're going to just with how the other with how the turf races are shaping up i kind of feel like you know you kind of gotta make a stand and uh you know go go skinny here um or in a different leg um and i i think it's just more likely to go here like maybe i could see something like using like princess nor and maybe a single b or c with uh one of the one two or three and try and keep that ticket you know ticket small and maybe maybe hit it for a higher base but um yeah it's is it's really princess nor's race to lose um and uh at the same time i mean how many people are going to be single to this horse here so um, yeah and i mean who, it, it's hard to say um like how much is the news of of baffert with uh gamine how, how much is that going to affect betting on Princess Nor? Is it going to scare betters away? I mean, maybe not the, the layman betters who bet Breeders' Cup and they know the name of Bob Baffert and they know he, that he trained the Kentucky Derby winner. Um, but kind of the more educated ones, I mean, who who knows? This might say, you know what? I know he's kind of on the hot seat and kind of being looked at and maybe he's not going to have the horse as ready as you know, as he would have liked. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, but uh, let's keep going. Uh, we got uh, race nine here, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. Um, this uh, this is actually a race that I'm going to try and single in, I think. And... Uh, I don't think the post draw is going to kill me here, but uh, I love the 10 horse uh, Campanelle in this race. Um, you got Frankie DeTori aboard. This horse is undefeated, uh, has won at uh, the illustrious uh, Gulfstream Park, as well as uh, Ascot and Deauville. So, I mean, this horse has done it in three different tracks, uh, three different countries. Um, and shipping back here to the U.S., um, I mean, I can't find any fault in this horse, um, and I'm gonna be uh, keyed pretty heavily through this horse here. Um, I, I have a couple other uh, alternates that we can talk about, but uh, why don't? Uh, w- what are you looking at here? So, kind of going back to the last race, how you kind of said that you kind of have to take a stand somewhere. Um, as they drew this race, I was like, damn, this race is stacked because the first four horses they drew are all undefeated. So uh, they were Plum Ali, who got a 108 on a time frame last time, which is, I believe, the field's highest. The number five, Aunt Pearl. Uh, the number nine, uh, Madone, who is the Southern California horse for Callahan and Pratt. And then uh, the number ten. So, and and even as they continued drawing the horses, and I would look at that horse's um, like past performance, I was just thinking like, this field is so deep. I don't like. It's hard 
I definitely commend you if you're going to single the 10. Um, I think that there are a lot of different ways to go. And when you compare this field to the, uh, the male version of this race, I think that the American runners, I think they do have a chance against some of these European runners. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely think that that Campanelle is going to be a lone A, if if not just a, a dead single for me. Um, you know, the the three horses that you kind of mentioned, um, Aunt Pearl, I didn't have on any of my tickets. Um, I thought of maybe of the undefeated horses that might be the weakest one. Um, but uh, I think you can probably make also make a case for Madone. Um, and, you know, you have your uh, West Coast, uh, don't bet West Coast turf horses ever um, in the Breeders' Cup. Um, but, you know, Madone, I think, is going to offer a little bit of value uh, at 10 to 1 in the morning line. You get um, Flavian Pratt aboard. And, uh, you know, the, the horses the horses look pretty good and, you know, has, has been coming from off the pace. So we're not just... Uh, you know, not putting all our eggs in the the you know wire to wire basket here. Um, Plum Ali, I think, you know, stands out quite a bit. Would be another horse that I would look at. Um, the third horse that I kind of had marked on here, and um, I kind of have a question mark next to it because I don't really have um, connections. Wise, this horse makes sense. Um, but I think this is more, once again, this is more like a, like, I guess a breeding angle for me. And that's, uh, the 14 editor at large. Um, you have, uh, Chad Brown, uh, and, uh, JJ, uh, horse broke its maiden, um, you know, came in, uh, third at the Miss Griot, which is a, a race that, uh, Plum Ali won. Um, but once again, we got Lope de Vega, uh, and Lope de Vega, Chad Brown, two-year-old, uh, two two-year-old fillies. I mean, if you're really gonna give me twelve to one, I kind of have to take it because, I mean that this. I mean this is this is what Lopa de Vega does. This is what Chad Brown does. Um, so I could see this horse moving forward off of that last uh, third place, a um, uh, third place finish. So. Uh, that would probably be like my, I guess my long shot in this race. Um, but I, I think I'm going to key everything still through, uh, Campanelle. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, I don't know if 12, 12 to one would be good enough for me because I do, like I said, I don't really follow, um, East course tracks a ton. But I do know who Plum Ali is, and I was super impressed with her last time. And it just seems like every race, she just knows where the wire is, and she just likes to win. Um, and I also think that there's going to be a lot of speed in here. Um, you have a lot of horses that are going from sprint to route or our first time routing and are like undefeated sprinting. Um, Campanelli, I, I think will actually stretch out just fine. Um, I was kind of looking at roy Royal approval and, you know, it's also kind of hard when you have these um, horses that are trained by that, you know, 
multiple horses trained by the same trainer because you know Wes's, Wes, Wesley Ward's instructions to Irad might be I want you to go for the lead and then it can set up for someone like Campanelli or it could be vice versa right um anyway that's kind of like that might be for a different conversation but um I think the 13 I think Union Gables can go um Aunt Pearl I'm from US it says Aunt Pearl is going to be the fastest so as I was kind of handicapping this race, I was looking for a horse that wasn't going to come from more out of it. I th I think if Edgar at large is more like 15 to 1 or higher, I would probably be willing to take a chance. Maybe at, at worst will be a C or possibly a B if if I were to, to do that, in a, if I were to make a pick 5. Um, But... I don't know. I, there's just so many other horses. I, I'm not a big fan of Madone, but I didn't see that, you know, that she was undefeated, you know, when, when they were doing these draws. But I think you can make a case for a lot of these horses. You know, I I liked the two. I liked the three. If if I were to pick one horse, I'd probably pick Plum Ali. Um, the sixth European shipper didn't totally fit. Um, it's also a little bit interesting that they don't bring over a European jock, which also makes me think like the horse just probably isn't ready. Um, I have seen that Andrea uh, Atzeni has had multiple horses that he could have ridden and he, he didn't come. So um, who else that I thought I, the eight kind of fits on speed figures from the last race. So we just, and again, in O'Brien. So we just have to keep, if, if the horse could keep the same, number as the last time uh you know he could fit i liked campanelli um i wasn't totally sure what to do with the 12 spanish love affair um i just think the horse is just going to be in front and it's just going to get burnt by the pace i don't i mean and the horse didn't have the best draw so it's kind of hard for me to make it an a uh to say that i like the 12 i if they got a better draw, I would probably bite, but it's kind of it's kind of hard with the draw um, and how I think the pace is going to go. I don't really like the thirteen, um, except I already kind of talked about editor at large. So that's kind of how I went. If I were again, I, I this race again would be a spread race, but I would if if someone said pick a horse, or if if for some reason I could only pick one horse as my A and I had all these other horses as B's, I would choose Plumali as my lone A horse. Yeah, I I mean I I'm pretty uh I'm pretty high on Plumali. Um I thought that this might be a a spot to you know try and separate from the pack. Um so I'll probably try and stay pretty narrow here, but yeah Plumali would definitely be my second choice in here. But uh yeah Campanella still uh Still my top choice. Um, I, I wonder if uh, Andrea uh, at Zeni or whatever didn't come come back over to the U.S. because he's still scarred from his uh, his stint at uh, Santa Anita uh, last year. <laughs> I was gonna say I know he knows. I know he can ship. He's spent a whole you know summer over here in the U.S. So yeah, I don't I, I don't know why he didn't come. You know, maybe he's like Mike Smith and he's like I'm not gonna get enough mounts. There's no point in me coming over. Yeah. All right, Greg. Well, thank you for taking time and uh, and doing this kind of last minute with me. Um, I know we still got the tenth race. 
Um, we recorded that earlier, so past Greg will have his thoughts um, on this. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, talking with me. It was fun, and you know, there's only you know a couple times a year, you know, where it's these big race days that it's it's hard to not be excited for. And Breeders' Cup is definitely one of them. I mean, I'm just excited for my four day weekend. I took two days off. But all right. Thanks, Greg. Yep. You. So Murphy, we uh we were talking a little bit, and uh this was one of the races that you actually volunteered for right away. I actually every single person who I got to do these podcasts, um they refused to pick a race. You were the only person who was absolutely dead set on picking two races. So um, no pressure or anything on this. But yeah. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead. We're going to close out uh, today with um, the juvenile. Mile in the 16th here. Um, I, I was kind of talking with, uh, I was talking with some of the guys. I kind of feel like we're missing a bit of star power this year. But I don't know if maybe I'm just like, I don't know, maybe it's just because there's no like real big Baffert horse. You know, Baffert's horses always have all that uh, pomp and circumstance with them. But uh, yeah, I mean, like outside of uh, outside of Jackie's Warrior, there really hasn't been, uh, you know, too many fireworks in the two-year-old division, I feel like this year. Yeah. Also, like maybe COVID kind of has a thing to do with it because, you know, some of those two-year-olds, they start running, you know, around that like... April May timeframe, and so everything just kind of got pushed back. I mean, I think they ended up running all the two year old like graded stakes races at one point anyway. But I would agree you'd normally see you know some of these horses have kind of more than these like one or two starts that they've had. Yeah, and I know uh, you know uh, Caleb always loves to talk about you know capping two uh, two year old stakes races, and this, this kind of has a feeling of those. Uh, like one of those Saratoga two-year-old stakes, like the, what's the big one? Uh, the, um, oh man, I know the Philly one, like the spin away, but what's, I always forget what the, uh, oh, I'm so bad with names. But anyways, yeah, this feels more like a, like late summer kind of two-year-old stakes a little bit than, uh, than the Breeders' Cup. But, you know, we, we got the feel that we got. Um, so I'm kind of curious, what how, how are you kind of looking at this race? Yeah, so kind of looking at this race um last year it was brought to my attention that a maj- that almost every year the winner for the BC Juvie um is a horse that has won or has been in like top 3 in earnings and so they basically just said uh or maybe, I think actually think this was uh, 2 years ago whichever the year game winner won this was when it was kind of like brought to my attention cuz they said they liked game winner Nick's go and I was like, I don't know how anyone could like Nick's go, but he was <laughs> right. Like Nick's going at finishing second. He almost won, right? And Nick's go, I think, was the second earner in that race. I went back to look at that, the chart, and he had won like three hundred thousand in the uh, British Futurity. So last year, that's right, because it was Storm the Court. It didn't really come to fruition. I know there's a lot of hype around like eight rings. And Dennis's moment and Dennis's moment had that like big stumble and his career has never recovered even to this day. So I'm going to kind of revert back to that kind of same philosophy. I even kind of backtracked it to look at the previous juvenile winners, you know, and they were 
uh, Good Magic, Classy Empire, uh, Texas Red, and they all had been in the top three in earnings of that year. And I, I, in a way, that makes sense, right? Because these two-year-old horses, you know, a, a lot of these that you see, and kind of like we already talked about, they're breaking their maiden or they like also were won an allowance race or something like that. You don't know how classy those fields are kind of in retrospect, right? Unless you kind of go back and you actually look at it and, like a year or two down the line, right? You won't know what those horses are until later. But the horses that have the highest earnings, they've been tested, right? Because they've been in grade ones or grade twos and they've won them. So that kind of thought that the winner is usually in the top three of earnings kind of makes sense when you think about it. So I'm going to throw out the kind of top three in earnings. Actually, I'm going to throw out the top five because there wasn't that much difference between the third horse and the fifth horse. So the first horse is obviously Jackie's Warrior, right? It has won 400,000, is undefeated. Probably the only downside is he's never gone two turns. The second horse is Essential Quality. And same kind of thing, one maiden, one that breeders for charity, that same one that we're talking about with Nick's Go one. The third one is Sitting on Go, who's won 146,000. Uh, and again, undefeated, was kind of a Discord horse, I think, on the Iroquois because like the horse could not be pulled up in the maiden win at uh, Ellis Park. The fourth horse, which is Number three, reinvestment risk. He's won 140,000. So that's why I also included because only 6,000 apart. I've also ran in more races and has lost to Jackie's Warrior, the favorite, twice. And then the last one is a price. And that's number two, King's Fury. He's won 117,000. And kind of, again, also has been in the uh, Readers for Charity and then came back and won a stakes race uh, last time at Churchill. And so I'm not going to give any sort of special opinion here. I actually, I think Jackie Jackie's Warrior is the best horse in the field and is a deserving favorite. And I, on Friday, I'm probably not going to try to beat Jackie's Warrior. Um, and kind of also the track trend for Keeneland. I don't play Keeneland a ton. And so I kind of have to look back at these like track trends and how does the, the track play. So in the last three years, there has been 23% uh, wire wire runners, which I thought was kind of surprising at being eight and a half furlongs. Um, and that's been from a sample size of 139 races. And then kind of looking at the um, like post position, as I was looking at it, it didn't seem like there was any obvious like bias. I mean, the horses on the inside, they did better, but it's probably because they're just saving ground. And it's kind of hard to say anything past like basically post nine and post 10 because there's just fewer horses. So you can't really say like, oh, you know, these outside horses that drew posts, you know, nine through 14 that they're out of it. I couldn't, I mean, I, I kind of need like a bigger sample size to kind of like, say that for sure this year i probably would say a lot of them are tosses but that's more because i just don't think they're as good yeah i uh it's kind of funny because you know you i think you had told me or told a group this um 
it might have been yesterday and uh you know i i'd kind of just like put it in my head and kind of tossed it out and i went ahead and i started looking through this race and uh yeah you pretty much named uh when you named those five horses i think you pretty much named the horses that uh that i'm interested in um my only concern with jackie's warrior and um this is something that i you know as a three-year-old i probably wouldn't be as concerned but um these two-year-old races you know so often you get these horses that just like get the lead and just go and just win these stakes races on the lead and as the competition gets better and better now i know has already won two grade ones but you know you would think that more of these horses are kind of rounded in the form a little bit older but as horses get better um you get more and more speed horses you get you know more horses that are actually able to keep up with these you know need the lead types um so i mean did win the maiden uh did pass uh horses in the you know maiden race but that was a five for a long sprint at churchill going two turns for the first time here i i have a couple of questions um and for a horse that's probably going to be even money uh or around there um I don't know if I can stone cold single Jackie's warrior. If I'm playing something like a pick five, uh, if I was maybe doubling into this race, maybe that, that would be something that, you know, if I'm just trying to hammer an opinion, I could maybe see that. But, um, the horse I actually really like in this race, uh, is uh, apparently I didn't realize it was a discord horse, but, um, is the nine sitting on go. Um, and the, the one thing I can kind of say about sitting on go is, um, you know, in both, of his races has passed, uh, you know, quite a few horses. So, um, you know, I, I always think that that's one of those abilities that, that is, is hard for some of these young horses to pick up. So th this it's, a, it's just a plus in my mind. Um, and you know, one that, uh, one that Iroquois pretty, uh, convincingly. So, you know, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think stretching out a little bit further is going to be too much of a, a problem for sitting on go. Um, but, you know, looking at some of these uh, horses, you see a lot of you see a lot of ones. You know, you see a lot of uh, E or EP type horses with uh, you know pretty high um, uh, pretty high Kieran speed points on there. So I I put Melts question mark at the top of my PP here. But once again, the problem with these two year old races is you you'll look and you'll see all these ones because you know they're just the quality of horse you know you see at two. Um, I think you get a lot of those, uh, you know, those those horses just get the lead and like don't have to do anything; they just go. Um, but uh, those are my two top choices in here. I have Jackie's Warrior written down as an A. I'm sitting on Go as a B. Um, I think if you are going to, you know, want to be a little contrarian and spread a little further, I think two of the horses that you mentioned earlier, Essential Quality, um, the uh, Five and the Two King Fury, I think both make a lot of sense. Um, King Fury, uh, to me is very interesting. Um, just because I think that of the horses in here, I think you're going to get a very good price on a horse like King Fury. And maybe that, maybe it's not a horse that, that wins this race, but you know, if you're going to be playing something, um, vertically, I think that's definitely a horse that you're going to need to use underneath. Um, and I know, you know, West coast a little bit better than I do. Um, do you know anything about this 13 horse Rombauer? Um, not really. I mean, the, the name looks familiar. I didn't watch the replay of that American Pharaoh race. Um, 
I see Spielberg finish third and he just like barely broke his maiden. Uh, is either I think it was on Saturday, one of those like Saturdays or Sundays at this uh, past weekend at Del Mar. Um, I don't know. I mean, not really. And if I were to try to find a closer or a horse that were to be coming from out of it, I would much rather have sitting on go than I would want for Ron Bauer. Yeah, I I had I just had a note here. I had C with a question mark. Um, I think it was more of um, you know, the fact that uh, you know, Michael McCarthy sending this horse here, you know, he tends to have pretty good luck um with uh with these graded stakes. Um so you know, I saw the connections, the connections made a little bit of sense. Um the horse would need to move forward uh quite a bit. And um, you know, Mike Smith didn't come for this. And I know, you know, there was that big hoopla about Mike Smith not having any mounts. Um, but this is a horse that he rode last out and you know he didn't come in for this horse. So, you know, maybe uh, you know, Michael McCarthy's just trying to, you know, get the horse a you know good run in here. But um that was more like a run style play than anything. But I think I do prefer I mean if I were gonna go, you know, a little deeper, I think King Fury would probably be a little um Something a little bit uh, more possible than uh, maybe this uh, thirteen round bower here, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty much on just Jackie's Warrior and a little bit of sitting on go. Maybe I'll spread a little bit further with um, Essential Quality and uh, and King Fury here. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of agreed on you with uh, with sitting on go. That'd probably be my second choice person here. Um, on if if I were to play any sort of like pick four or pick five how i would probably structure my wager is i would single a jackie's warrior make sit and go a b and then use the others as c's and even king fury i know you did kind of talk about him i if i wanted a closer i'd much rather have sit on go how and on time form us sit on go i mean he i think he has like the second highest Time from US number in the field. He got a 107 for that Iroquois. And even essential quality only got a one only got a 101 for that Raiders for Charity. So not like that's super far off, but um and there's something else, King Fury, the uh the dam, she won over a million and was multiple graded stakes winners. So you know, I that's probably how I'm gonna play it, is I'll use the others as C's. People really liked essential quality in that British fraternity. I didn't love it, but um, I I would be worried enough to have use the horse as a C and maybe borderline B, depending on where I thought. And again, kind of like on um, if you're going to use like pick fours or pick fives, if you can, I mean, if you don't really have the budget, I think I would just have to single A, you know, Jackie's Warrior and try to make my money in the other races in this week sequences because i i do think that the uh the turf races especially because they're two-year-olds can be pretty volatile as far as like results and odds yeah for sure actually like the one horse in this race that i probably don't i don't want any part of is going to be the three reinvestment risk and it's just i just hate seeing you know a horse coming in for a short price or and, and in this case going to be, you know, probably second or third choice in this, uh, in this race. And 
has just gotten like drubbed by the uh, the favorite twice in a row. It's like I'd rather look elsewhere. I don't I don't I don't need to put any money on reinvestment risk just to watch them get beat again. Um, so the, uh, so reinvestment risk might be playing a little bit of a takeout reducer here in this race. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like I definitely think that if you're if you're real strong on Jackie's Warrior, um, you even if you want to play something vertically, I think if you use a horse like Sitting on Go and um, King's Fury underneath in second, I think. Uh, you might, uh, you know, seeing as you're, as you're going to go a little bit deeper than just, you know, second or third choice, I think you might uh, might be able to get a little value out of the play there. All right. Well, thanks, Murphy. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, move on to the next race. Yeah, thanks for having me.